within 10 seconds of him being in charge, she like bangs her head. So like, and which is fine because kids bang their head all the time. But right now they're going from sleeping in bed, playing puzzles on my phone to going to eat donuts. That's what they're going to do. I'm telling you one up him. When you have to watch her order a pizza in bed with her, well, stay we, in the bed with him. You watched Ice Age yesterday for like an, an hour. That has to be probably like the biggest possible insult. Here we are, and welcome to another episode of the Friday Night Movie Podcast. Today, we have our most prepared guest ever, Katie Jones, my neighbor and dear friend. But before we get to Katie, Lily, Becky, Spain, California, how are you? I'm not. Okay. Well, I, I probably well, should have done that we'll in order. In, I guess we'll go order. in first. age order, Lily. Yeah. I deferred to you. I am um, my less than a week ago. I turned another age. It's my birthday. Happy birthday. Um, thank you. Which I one of exactly. us got you the better present? I just want to know. Oh, that's I cannot say because she hasn't you, received yours yet. Well, I saw a picture of it. You had the great, phenomenal uh, folk singer Dan Byrne write a dedicated like a dedication to me on a poster that says um, it's a picture of him that he drew a self portrait and he has a bubble thought saying where's Chi Chi that so, he bought for you a week after your birthday proving he had no birthday present planned no, I you. knew I was going to see Dan Byrne after I purchased mine three weeks before your birthday this is true and mom brought it and it is a uh, a, an array of products for self-care one of them being bath salts with cbd which is very california don't maybe. sniff those <laughs> and a candle and like my favorite scent and a very healthy chocolate bar and it's like a lot of self-care which i love and yeah becky it's very very thoughtful i'm very california but, like, mm-hmm. one is super unique that you couldn't get otherwise. So, like, enjoy staring at your poster while you take a beautiful CBD bath salt I, I want you to know, while doing your nails and eating I, candy. And I want you to know, I met the great Dan Best Byrne, one of our favorite musicians dating back to when we were all in college, like, almost 20 years ago. Not only was he a wonderful gentleman, but our dear friend Rachel, who was on the show to promote Project Hera, Rachel Levitin, she opened for him and was amazing and he was so nice to her in the middle of the show he thought she was so awesome in the middle of the show he stopped what he was doing just to have everybody applaud for her and talk about how great she was at setting the tone for the night and he was so nice afterwards and we chitted and chatted and he signed stuff for both of you i didn't even get anything signed for myself he signed stuff for both of you and it was wonderful uh the other the other thing i want to ask you guys about before we get started is my, my children are right now getting haircuts. And when I send my wife to get... Uh, sorry, when my wife takes the kids to get haircuts... You I don't send, send her. your wife? I, I don't send her because <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't... send her, Shai. I wouldn't remember... I order my wife. You I, send her to take care of my no, kids? No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't remember to get haircuts ever for my kids. But when she goes, I send her with instructions. I don't send her, but I send her with instructions <laughs> not to mess up their hair because once she took my younger child to get a haircut when she had the cutest little chickadee hair in the world and it came back very bangsy and <laughs> i i just wonder if this is like a mother thing because lily and i both saw the haircut that <laughs> becky's daughter got <laughs> and lil do you want to explain to becky what you i'm going to explain a few things one is that becky sends us this picture and she's very lucky her child's gorgeous okay let's just start with that my kid has great Seven. eyes Second, mom looks at the picture and goes, oh, "Why would Becky let Vlad cut Miri's hair? <laughs> like she twenty five dollars for that? They let him cut the dog's hair. Not already bad enough, but like God, spring for a children's hairdresser, for God's sakes!" And I was like, "No, mom, she took her to a salon." Mom's like, "No, she didn't." I was like, "Yes, she did." 
And mom's like, well, then she took her to like an adult salon. They don't know how to cut kids' hair. I was like, mom, I could see other children in the background. <laughs> she took the kid to a, a, a salon. I don't know whether the woman like was angry or not paying attention, but she needed to even off. it out. My exact instructions were, my exact instructions Use were. Use a level, a sextant, maybe was, a protractor. Was, can you just clean up the back? And she said, okay, and then cut all her hair off and said, sorry, if you're going to even it out, it all had to come off. But now she looks like Peter Pan. It's very cute. <laughs> that is that is an accurate description. She looks like when women play Peter <laughs> Pan in a play and they get that wig um but the immediate thing that i thought of and this has brought me an immense amount of joy all on my own especially when i went and found the movie on plex on shy's plex and watched the scene repeatedly and then realized how good this movie is so good um, it's where i learned about reproduction from for sure and so if everybody has seen look who's talking if you remember it as well as i do the immediate thing that came to my mind was when Mike, he's in the stroller getting walked by the nanny, like going for a walk. And he passes by all these like babes. And he's like, hey, you know, catch you later or whatever. And then he runs into one little girl who just got a haircut. And he's like, hey, you look great or whatever. And she's like, I just got a haircut. And he's like, well, it looks really nice. She's like, I don't know. I think I look like a boy. I can imagine. <laughs> like, I don't know. They catch you once. I think I look like a boy. And she's like touching her hair. And I'm like, this is what Miri's Look Who's Talking Voice is saying. Well, for three wow. days after her haircut, she kept tapping her head going, hair, 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 yeah, hair. She wanted to like, know where the it hell was. is it? Yeah. So another. So, I recommend everybody go and watch that movie. That movie's great. We should just do a recap of that movie. Uh, when are you. When I just need to know. And we can just leave this hanging for the audience. When is the appropriate age to watch that movie with your kids? Because. Like, there's like uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a pr- I mean, I I think we saw that in the theater when we were all little kids. But... I think I was like six when I whatever oh, year I, it came I, out. I remember seeing it. But like Lassa that Lassa is Lassa. a version in the in the eighties and early nineties of a movie that is like they thought was appropriate for like kids and parents to go see together. Yeah, like, in the eighties that was dirty jokes for parents. <laughs> And, and now I, it's all just like oh yeah, it came out in '89. I would I would have been like literally six years old when it came out, and I'm pretty sure we all saw it in the theaters together. And okay, now speaking of children being born and having birthdays and haircuts, our guest has a child who had a birthday. We celebrated with a little Carvel cake and some crunchies. I would like to welcome a a guest who is long time coming, dear friend. Uh, a brilliant uh, analyzer of pop culture herself, the great Katie Jones is here. Thank you for having me. Delighted to be here. Welcome. Welcome, Katie Jones. That sounds like a, like a folk singer from the 60s. Yeah. Katie Jones. It's a great name. So we have brought yeah. we have brought Katie here because if there is a gap in our pop culture knowledge... It is in reality TV. Now, she is which also... Which, Steph, to be fair, Steph has filled the Bachelor area yeah, yeah. for us. Steph, she's come on. Steph has talked about the Bachelor. Steph is going to love this episode. There this... is such a landscape of reality TV that will be covered today. It is so far beyond my, my scope of knowledge. So I feel like I'm going to get a, a master class in it. So before we get, so just so people know where we're going, we're going to do a little reality TV. And by little, I mean, last night when Katie, when we were hanging out at the little birthday shindig, I was asking Katie if some of these were real. Uh, uh, Speaking of which, Becky's going to have to tell you a funny story about that. Okay. And then, and then because Katie is also a renowned, a renowned expert on 90210 and because we love the reboot so much, we're going to talk a little bit about the 90210 reboot. But first, Katie. Yes, very excited. As we get started. Sure. Just rattle off for us um, the, the the oeuvre of reality shows you are watching. And Becky and Lily, feel free at any time to ask questions about what these are. Yeah, so I just want to give a little bit of setup and also say, as I was thinking about the real swath of reality show that I watch, I was embarrassed as I made this list. I was like, <laughs> "How? I do have a full-time job, I do have friends, I do have family, yet like I really do consume all of this. So I, I want to say that the reality TV that I like to watch is really kind of anchored in hey, lives that Katie, are... Katie, I just, I just want to interrupt you for a second to say, on sure. this podcast, there is no shame. 
Okay. No, <laughs> yeah, there's no shame. You there's no guilty pleasure. You were applauded amongst your peers here. Thank you. So I like to anchor it really in like lives that are not like my own and like choices that I can't imagine making. So like that's really going to be the common thread (laughs) that you see as I begin to list. But I also want to say then there's also like this balance of like I really don't want to watch something that's sad. Like I don't want to watch sad lives. Like when like you you watch people who are like disintegrating in front of you. Like I don't want to consume that. So celebrity rehab is not your idea. Not my thing. Even like 90 Day Fiance which I have been recommended over and over and over to me there is just like a fundamental sadness to it that I just don't want to consume so with that said currently again one one other caveat these are really like six to eight episodes so it's going to be a very long list but they're not all on at the same time so uh, (laughs) so right now I am currently consuming basketball wives which is vh1 sister wives TLC. And then um, we also get to now the Bravo canon, which is really Vanderpump Rules, Top Chef, Project Runway, Real Housewives franchises, but not all of the cities. So wait, wait, just so you know, before Katie gets to this list, this is not all of the cities. This is not all of the cities. (laughs) No, this isn't all of the cities. But my question is, are all the ones that are on there Mm -hmm. or any given multiple city at the same time? Or is it every season's a different city? No, so multi- are you telling me all of those seasons, all of those cities are simultaneous? They are not simultaneous. They run oh, in probably okay. like I don't know eight to ten week increments. So like, but the spring is oh. always a busy time because you will have like three Housewives franchises on at the same time, and then the summer it kind of fades out, and you might only have one or two running at the same time. Only um, one or two. Only and, one and or can two. I, can I just yeah. say I am mm-hmm. so happy that you named the networks these are on. We have had listeners. Uh, write to us and say, can you please tell us what these shows are watching because we can't find them. And so everybody knows now what, what, what channel these are on. Yeah, so I have a strong Bravo canon. And so Real Housewives of Dallas, Atlanta, Potomac, Beverly Hills, and New York City. Now let's just ask my okay. sisters, everybody, where no, is Potomac? 100% thought that Potomac was a joke. That you just put that in there as a joke. None of the three of us thought that that was a real one. And Lily, you're going to be like, of all of these, which one's the fake one? We all would have been like to Potomac. That's not a thing. Potomac is like near so, here, and I didn't believe it was real. Isn't that the river that goes by your house? Yeah. Well, not like yes. Yeah, it's a neighborhood. Well, not like here. by your house. Whatever. It's, it, it's a very it's, nice neighborhood near here. And we can get into them in more detail. What I will say, what what drew me in is in Potomac is one of the women lives in Arlington, and she owns a restaurant that um, my first baby shower was at. So I was like, I know exactly where that is. I'm in. So, um, but it, it's actually, I think, one of the greats. So yes, oh, and then you have Kate. Is this yes. the same Kate plus John? Yes. So again, this is again one that like that seems is, like a train wreck. That's that's that your sad category. They're still yes. on television, and, though, which Chris? is which is why it's a very sparingly that I write that I watch it because it does it does waver. Um, so back in the day, I did watch John and Kate plus eight because again, like anchored in a life that was not my own. Like, what would it be like to have eight children? Like, oh my goodness, are like, they? They're twins, or they're they have they have twins. They have twins that are now on their way to college, and then they have sextuplets who are like thirteen. Six plus two. Wait, I don't understand. They were a family of ten. Conceive these sextuplets? They did not naturally conceive. No. Um, Who put six eggs in? Yeah, it just feels like highly unsafe to do that too yeah so it's body so that was one where like back in the day i watched it and then it got like too real too sad and then i would kind yeah. of like dabble in here and there when like there wasn't anything else on the dvr and then like sure enough i was like oh no too much like pull back so so that's like the current swath right now that i watch do you guys have questions about any of these because my biggest question whenever this comes up is what is a vanderpump and is it <laughs> Related to Van, oh, yeah. Van Wilder. Yeah, is it related to Van great Wilder? Question. I agree. I what answer, is it? And Katie, you tell me if I'm right. Sure. Okay. So I thought that it was, um, I, I mean, let's just forget. I obviously thought it was something that it was not. And I was convinced that that's what it was. 
And so I finally one day was like, I need to actually research what this is because there's no way there's like this made up TV show of what I'm talking about, like in my mind, what I imagined. And so I understand that it is a former or is a housewife, a real housewife of maybe Beverly Hills. I'm just going to like go out there and say that. Correct. Beverly Hills. Lisa Vanderpump. Okay. Okay. Sure. I would not have known her first name. And she has a restaurant. So we are like going deep. Like it's, it's double downing on the, on the reality because she has a, restaurant she's a restaurateur a mm-hmm. restaurateur i apologize yes and she and it it's it's a reality show about the waiters and waitresses who work at her restaurant that is correct Am oh I, so it's what? like a double layer meta a double layer let me tell you reality tv and this, so it would be like doing a show about bethany frankel's skinny girl margarita staff correct but let me tell you, I wrote a whole blog, one of the most popular blogs um, that was read uh, from the organization I work about what the nonprofit sector could learn from Vanderpump rules, because like the Good way that she actually like supports her staff. I mean, these are people who were waitresses who like came to L.A., didn't make it, was now a waitress or a bartender in her restaurant. And now they are making hundreds of thousands of dollars, just like basically being recorded as they go out with their hijinks. I mean, may we all be so lucky as to have a fairy godmother that's like, mm-hmm. hey, here, come earn this much money by just living your life. Like, so is it like the movie Waiting? Like, are they playing pranks on the customers and sniffing the, no, the whipped cream? No, I think it's more like cat fights and yes, very, arguing over boyfriend. Drunken, you know, ambient filled hijinks, like, but non-intentional. Um, so, so yeah. Katie, you are someone who is feels strongly about social justice. I do. Uh, and <laughs> you couldn't tell by the quality of this scan. Well, I, I, I assume that I assume all that, those documentaries you've listed for us. I assume, I assume that there is an element of social justice in one of these. Like you just you just pulled that out of Vanderpump. Which one of these would you say is the most socially enriching or, or sure. is actually co- is contributing to society? So if I had to choose, I would choose Project Runway. Um, and here is why. Oh my, my God, that's the only one of those that I watch. But but did you watch the most recent season? No, I haven't seen them. The, I love, to be honest, I will watch any season that I come across, like out of order. Like so, I, I will even watch them as like single episodes, which makes no sense. But I do love the show. So I've not seen the most recent season where Heidi's not on it anymore, right? Right, so Project Runway was like, you know, one of the Bravo first ways that they rolled out reality TV and then it left and it went to Lifetime and I did not follow it when it went to Lifetime and then Bravo brought it back. And now Christian Siriano, who is actually like a really um, famous designer who actually got his start he's, from winning Project Runway is now yes. like the new he's Tim phenomenal. Gunn. He's like the new mentor. Um, but one of the reasons why I would say it is he's the most... He's so cute. He's, he's really cute. And he's he's good at his craft, which again, like, yes. I, I could only hope that I would have the creativity of a fashion and, designer. Like, And this is a different Tim Gunn than who directs Get Guardians of the Galaxies, correct? That's James correct. Gunn. Not to be confused with Sean Gunn, who plays Kirk on Gilmore Girls, which okay, I am now deep you. into season three of. His name is James Gunn? No, yeah. it's not. Yeah, James Gunn. He's the fashion guy. He used to go into all the like no, Midwestern Tim, wives underwear. Tim Gunn. No, Tim Gunn. Tim Gunn goes into the fa- like the women's underwear Tim drawers. Tim Gunn is right? the fashion is one, and that's and it's not Tim Gunn who directs Guardians of the Galaxy. These are two different James Tim Gunn. Gunn. This this Tim Gunn, he actually got okay. his start at the Corcoran School of Art in Washington D.C., and then he was actually head of the design school at Parsons in New York City, and that's wow. how he transitioned to Project Runway. But I do feel like they but, were. But he also used to do the thing where he'd go into people's underwear drawers and dress them up. And but stuff. that was like a like a spinoff after the Project Runway. Okay. But getting back to the social justice, like they had the first trans model on this um, this season of Project Runway, and so it was actually like, when's the last time we saw a trans model on Bravo, or when's the last time we saw a trans model on like major network television? I mean, it was probably something with Tyra Banks and Top Model, maybe. Um, so, like, I just applaud there was them. A, a, there, I think there was a trans uh, model on Top Model at yeah. some point. But I will 
saying upon Katie's point is that Siriano is an enormous champion for inclusivity for body type. Yes. He designs such incredible haute couture dresses for women in uh, Hollywood or celebrities or whatever who actresses who other designers turned down like said no we won't we can't make a dress for you you're not size zero or whatever or sample size and he says come come to me and I'll make you look phenomenal and his I think that's like a huge deal that he has that he's always had that as his philosophy and then he's now running Project One right that's right a great message fashion should be accessible that is very cool that is very cool okay let's get to the Kardashians okay which is a big deal for my sister Lily and for my wife and Allie. When I go up, I go up, I go up and put the kids to bed. I come down and the two of them are drinking on the couch, watching Chloe and Kim and uh, Courtney, my favorite, <laughs> and and Caitlin and Chris and Kendall and. Um, uh, um, Kit Kat and what are their names? Anyways, there's 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 a whole bunch of them. Butterfinger. Um, so, <laughs> Katie, you don't like the Kardashians, though. It's not that I don't like the Kardashians. It's that when I turn on E and the Kardashians are on, it actually hurts my eyes. Like my brain. <laughs> is can... it? But is it the amount of bronzer? It, is that is it, it the I, bronzer that's the glare the, off the there's TV? so much going on in one shot like because it's always inevitably like they're in I like, feel like they're just eating salads but so it's I like the black that. marble against like the white onyx versus like the neon <laughs> nails and then there's like the the, the gold, bronzer and then there. there's like something the else and then there's like a jewelry that you're like where like so i turn it on and there's a lot to take yeah, in I, I, and i was like it hurts like my it. eyes it hurts my head like i need something else and i, I mean i don't know if i mean project one right clearly i feel like that's like a, in, in the upper echelon but you know my dad i was telling he's like what's the to- what's the topic for this week and i was telling him and he's like and I was like, even though like we're not the most like foremost experts on reality TV, and he's like, well, Becky watches that baking show and British Great British Baking Show, but I feel like that's like a competition reality, which is Project One, where, and I feel like that's like, maybe in a different category here. There are, I guess, there is a difference between the competition-based shows that are actually skill-based and not drama-based, mm-hmm, because right. there are like the right. there are like the sort of like sexual activity-based competition shows where people right. are locked like on an island right, naked right, and right, attempted right. to cheat on their spouses. See, temptation the Island. I, I can watch a competition show because it's moving, the plot is moving forward each week. What I have a hard time with with the rest of these shows is that I feel like the episodes, is just too slow, nothing happens. I mean, yeah, it's mm, like about enough. a bunch of siblings just talking about things they're interested just, in. Yes. <laughs> Except I mean, we'd want to watch or listen to that. No offense, but I don't watch our own show. Making fun of, making fun of their mom too. Yeah. So that's <laughs> why the three of us are most like the Kardashians, except without the private jets and oh. all the, that jewelry, I guess. So, so if the Kardashians are not on your list, Katie, what are your top reality shows of all time? Because somehow I don't think, I don't think Sister Wives is in the top five or six of all time so i that- tried to uh, can we just pu- put a point on that i tried to watch that show and it's like so intriguing but it feels so like naughty to watch it like i feel like it shouldn't exist it seems <laughs> I so know. inappropriate i know it's so bad for these women right like and i feel like the season that i started the, the part that i saw he's like always getting arrested by the police for polygamy <laughs> how is this a show? I'm like, TV on a reality show if you don't want people to know you're a polygamist. I know. I know. But again, like choices I would never make, right? Like if, exactly. if I was like really, you know, committed to polygamy in this particular way of living, I would never go on a reality show, like ever. So it's the fact that they were a, like... It's a bit ridiculous, right? Well, and I would also like to offer that they are probably the polar opposite of the social justice spectrum. I mean, so... Okay. Uh, in terms of some of their beliefs and you know they really feel like they're discriminated against in this country because they're polygamists and I'm like people people calm down right. Um, right so my top six of all time let me tell you the thought I gave to this was you know extensive 
because <laughs> I take it very well, seriously. Katie went dark. I guess I'm the one that watches the most reality TV of this gang because I agree with several of your choices. So I would uh, I would say first is Real World Season 1, New York. Julie and Kevin, like, fighting about racism in the front of their building. I mean, that was, like, ground zero of reality. That was, and, I rem- that was a big deal. I remember that. I remember them sitting in the little circle and, like, mm. talking about their feelings. And it was unlike anything I'd ever seen before. Super intrigued. Also, always very... Always hanging on to see if... Julie and Eric would get busy in the hot tub. Right. Right. But that was when you wouldn't like the most you would see was a fuzzy image of someone from the head up, you know, in a hot tub. Right. That's true. It's not like it's devolved now where they're like, hi, it's been 12 hours. Want to have sex with me? So like this is back on like so season one, New York City, like that would be kind of my first then I would also say season two, real world San Francisco with Pedro. I mean, uh, like, I remember that. right. Or even like Rachel, who's now like a congressman's wife. Um, and she was like mm-hmm. a Republican on MTV. Like, that was like, what? Did you, did you see the season in New Orleans? I also, I really like that where one of yeah, the, but that was way later. Is that where Puck gets thrown off? No, she married I don't know, Scott I just... Wolf from party of five. Who she meets during real oh, world, yeah. and they're still married. Yes, yes. So that that's a different woman. That's like a Kelly. Way. She's like a blonde, and she and they live in like She's Utah now cute. or something. Wow. So right, exactly. so that would be one and two. I would also say Road Rules season one, which again I feel is like a bedrock of like the Amazing Race and things that have spun off from that. And that was just like pure Americana. Like I remember them in an RV, and they would go to small towns and help people with their small businesses. Like I remember well, them. I, I thought it, they had to like, like win like drinking competitions in different towns. That was later. Oh, okay. Like season one. And just played beach volleyball. There, it was Kit this and Mark the, was like was the pure. sexual tension. Yes. And they would like, I remember there was one, they went to like this random motel and they it was like a scene from Cars where they came and like spruced up the hotel and then they got like a clue to go to their next place. And I just thought like that was so nice that they're like helping small business and traveling, you know, the country. <laughs> Um, so then I would also add Project Runway because again, like I feel like that was about it's about a craft, um, and I really love. And you don't that. watch the Great British Baking Show, Becky's like favorite TV show of all time, and it seems that, that people. That, like, I always feel like I, I'm learning something. That, that show is amazing, but it is a little bit triggering for me in the sense that for someone like who, you want to eat cake. Oh my god, I just it's hard. <laughs> one of the reasons why I don't watch Top Chef anymore is that I think it just like all, I I like I would need to be eating while watching these shows as they're talking about like sponge and It's a little bit chocolate hard to watch and, it while pregnant, I'm not going to lie. Most episodes end in just sitting with like a box of cereal and milk on the, on the coffee table. Well, uh, but you're pregnant, that's different. I I I mean, I'm pregnant at heart. <laughs> Your spirit animal. Yeah, exactly. It's a pregnant, as a, as a pregnant lady. <laughs> but yeah, when they when they're talking about the crisps and the the ladies get so excited about the sponge and the the what are some of the other things they talk it's a about? Bit cleggy. It's a cleggy. Bit cleggy. Whatever it is, I want to eat it. If it's there's cleggy. always a sous vide, there's always a pressure cooker situation. Like it's always good. So um, those, I think, are probably my top four. I'm also going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to put Basketball Wives in my top of all six, because these women... That was the other one that I was like, that can't be a real show. No. It's so it's just the wives of basketball players? Well, very specifically. Former, is it, former wives. Is it based on footballers' wives? Isn't there a British show that's about the soccer Wait, players' wives? it's about the ex-wives of current basketball players. Well, and at Wait, this, so they're not even wives, Katie? So let me... So they basketball wives what the executive producer is shoddy o'neill ex-wife of shaquille o'neill and it began with her um hanging out with just like other women other wives of that elk and as you know many celebrity marriages do that this one didn't last so it has wound up being ex-wives like actually tammy this is connection um tammy from season two uh, real world San Francisco is actually on Basketball Wives now because she was married to like Kevin Harnett so or this somebody. Is, I gotta so, tell you, the premise circle of, for you. No, the premise of Basketball Wives feels thin. 
But the same thing is ten. But here's isn't it the same thing as the real why, the real housewife. Because they're not even married to these people anymore. It's like here's just some people who were once married. Okay, who, who were once married, but again, like they, I, I am they fascinated the... by their desire to hustle. And that the fact that, like, yes, they probably got some sort of lump sum settlement, and now they are all about making more bank for themselves and their kids. And they also, I'm, I'm going to put them on my all-time list only because I feel like they have very carefully maintained this balance of, like, being on a reality show, but then not having that be so at the forefront that you're like, okay, that all of this is fake. You're just doing this for the reality like they show. Have other you're telling jobs. me this. You're telling me this show has authenticity. I find it fascinating. I don't know if I would say yeah. authentic, but I mean, a lot <laughs> of like the um, the Real Housewives franchises that have fallen off for me, like for instance, Orange County, like you can tell that these people just make their money from the show. Like this is not aspirational. It is not interesting. You are like making drama so you earn a paycheck. And like, that's just not interesting. To me. As opposed to a Vanderpump who has a, a business. As opposed to a Vanderpump that has a business. Okay. So, um, so yeah, those are probably my top five. So I I just watched uh, Between Two Ferns. Ah, uh, yes. Which it, is a documentary style thing, but the people are playing themselves. And I admit, at a certain at a certain point, I am sick. Excuse me. I am sick are of you? of. Yeah, I'm like, I'm actually sick. No, I'm sick of celebrities playing mean versions of themselves. Like, it's become, like, such a stick. Like, I found Will Ferrell in like the for, show. Like, like the for you, like, Keanu in um, Always Be My Baby, that is, like, the limit. It's that just was, like, After yeah. that, everybody's jumping the shark. Well, I mean, even that. that was I mean, amazing. No, but even that was funny. But it's, it's like a shtick now. Like, you don't expect any, anybody to play a nice version of themselves anymore. So Zach Galifianakis is, like, super annoying in this movie as himself. And Will Ferrell is. But you know where it works? Sometimes it really hits. And where it hit the most recently, and I could watch till the end of time over and over and over again, is BH90210. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. I'm just going to disagree with you on Between Two Ferns. I thought it was delightful and hilarious, and I'd watch it a third time. I, and I, to be fair, Galifianakis has been doing that for years and years and years. And he's not playing a mean version of himself. He's playing a fi- completely fictional Zach Galifianakis. He, he, the bits in the movie are very funny. As a movie, I find it it's been a, it's been a it's been a pretty annoying slog. I thought the preview of the movie actually just showed the best parts of the movie, like with Bruce right. Willis, and he was like, "Where do you put your Oscar? I mean, your blockbuster movie award." Like that was like perfect. Yeah, I, but the, I don't need to watch it for a movie the, the, of that. The best the best moment was just. I mean, there were some moments where I laughed so hard I was crying, but then there was like the rest of it. But but whereas Beverly Hills BH nine hundred two and I think that the they did such a great job. Katie has a lot to say about this. I really do. I think I, I, I I'm never not going to have what to say Katie, about this. Katie, there's like a lot of Andrea in your notes. Okay? Well, <laughs> I'm just gonna. I don't know if you noticed. Oh, for sure. It's a bit much. It's a bit much, Katie. Because <laughs> there's a lot of exclamation points next to her. And I just have to say, yeah. the setup for 90210 is when Luke Perry passed. R.I.P. I texted Shy and I was like, put me on the podcast. I have things to say about Luke Perry. And he's like, oh, well, we already have a guest. Sorry. And I was like, <laughs> you got a book way in advance. At this and point. then I was like, when am I ever going to get to come on the podcast? It, like, because my genres and yours don't overlap. And so when the reboot of 90210 came on, I was like, I'm your person. Put me in, coach. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It's really too bad that Luke Perry had to die so that you could get on this podcast, though. <laughs> Very sorry. Too soon. I actually had this Terrible. really, like, deep, sadistic thought. Like, do you actually think part of him dying is why it got moved? Like, when people, when they saw the outreach of, and they talked oh, about the I'm power. Yeah, I'm, I wouldn't oh, be surprised. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Is this a good time For to sure. bring out my that gift? They were like, you have a gift? I have a gift. Yeah, you brought a gift. Yeah. Oh my god! Katie, I'm really trying to one up Josh. Is like the most prepared. Wow! Yes, 
Um, oh, so people shy, put, put up a special studio. edition 90210 wow. in honor of the reboot. Wow. So I brought wow. you the commemorative wow. 90210 people. Amazing. So it, it talks about how it started. It talks about the reboot. So I just thought it was apropos that to bring it. And as awesome. a little artifact Alex here for the Nook. <laughs> this is great. We're, I'll find this is going to have a spot of honor. Oh wow, they're like well, in the Ali's original clothes here in the in the cover. Yes, here. for is... for listeners, um, the cover is really like that iconic poster that everybody had on their mm-hmm. wall, where they're all like right. laying on of each other's stomachs together. that they like recreate later in the show. Um, so that's oh, the are cover. They, are they laying on each other in this? Well, it's like the beach one. Oh, okay, I get it. You know that beach season again, going back to like the fundamentals of nine hundred two one zero. That beach season like differentiated. Um, 90210 in a in a particular still way. Still my favorite. Still my favorite season. So I found the 90210 incredibly sa- the reboot incredibly satisfying. Um, so okay, overall overall reactions because I think at the time the last time we talked about this, at least one of my sisters hadn't finished the show yet. Lily, you hadn't finished it yet, right? Yeah. Have you finished I, but, it since? We're good. Yeah, yeah, we're good. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Whether Katie. I remember what happens is another story, but we got Katie here. We're good. Katie, she, what she, what overall reaction to the reboot? Because at first I was with you on the when we watched the first episode, and yes. you were confused for the first the hour. First, the first episode was really trippy. It's like a play within a play. Like you know, it was hard to ground myself. But you know, you hadn't watched hours of so notorious like I had, so you weren't correct. emotionally prepared the way I was. Correct. But when you gave me that grounding, I was like, okay, I can get, I can get into this. Um, so a couple of just top line thoughts of of the season as a whole, and then we can get into like specific uh, episodes if appropriate. But the first thing that I noticed was like you could tell the people who had grown in their craft. So like I kind of liken it and I know that you all aren't necessarily watching Gilmore Girls but I've like it kind of like it to the Gilmore Girls reboot where like you could tell like Melissa McCartney in the Gilmore Girls reboot has just grown so tremendously in her craft over the last 10 or 15 years they were off the air. So like I really found personally that like Gabrielle Cartier is like I found that she was like the most substantial like she did the work of the craft versus like you know I'm gonna say like an Ian's earring or like eh, like Sharknado what crafty I don't uh. so like I really thought it was like a differentiator of the actor. I feel themselves. like it's a little too obvious that you have a serious soft spot for Andrea like I clearly, do. I, 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 I do. have a hard time. I love. First of all, I thought she was great and very substantial. The amount that she looks like our mom, though, and I, I will never not <laughs> stop saying this, is so unnerving to me. It's very hard to it's, watch. It's hard to. It's hard to not like. We've had many times in our life where we've thought our mom was a different character in pop culture, right? Like, like true you, story. Yeah, if it's you ever watched Today's Special. We were kids independently. All three of us thought she was Jody from Today's Special. One of the greatest confusions of my life, watching Today's Special and then mom calling me downstairs for dinner and going, how is this possible? How could she be and, in two places and, at once? And and if you know Jody... She's very tanned and had a huge perm. Yeah, that's yeah. mom you're talking really? about. That's our mom. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, so exactly. And then, but then <laughs> when you see, like if you line her, Jody up with... If you line Jody up with Andrea it Zuckerman, us, it's very it, confusing. It's just very confusing. Yeah. Uh, I sent, I believe I sent, and I can send it to you guys. There was a New Yorker article about basically the awesomeness of the 90210 reboot. And one of the things that it said was the fact that the reboot has acknowledged, like, there's a sophistication to the that reflects the aging of its anchor audience, but still like the immediate gratification that the anchor audience got when it first ran. So I feel like Andrea Zuckerman or Gabrielle Cartieres is like a good representation of that. Like she still has like all the nerdy outsider stuff that I certainly identified with for the first, you know, run. But in this, like, she's a boss. She's like the president of SAG. <laughs> like, and, you know? and in real and, life. And like, I feel like the president of SAG in real life. Right. And, job, and I think like hilarious. her, her storyline was also like the most nuanced, like Kelly Taylor, like, Oh, okay. Like boyfriend circling through boyfriends. Great. Saw it. But like, I found Andrew's like really, um, interesting. I see what you're saying. 
They gave her more meat to work Correct. With. And I think I think yeah, that is something about this version of the show that you couldn't have done if you just did 90210 again. Because if you continued 90210, I, I think if you went this deep, it would be confusing for people. Whereas in this in this way, they were able to still live out things from the show, but but let you play in a sandbox where people were more real. Does that make sense? Becky looks confused. Yes. No, I agree with you. Um, I agree with you well, that it's, it's yeah. more interesting as far as character development goes to try and root them in their real personas and fictionalizing that than going back into these characters that we had, you know. Had, that we put to rest, you know, that we finished with. Anyways, yeah. Okay, so if you were, if we're projecting forward now, there are the relationships on the show to get very shallow for a moment. We started at Sister Wives. Okay, we're, we're we have, okay. We have, we have, we have <laughs> Brian. Can only we have, move up, Shy. We have Brian and Shay. Yes. We have Tori and her husband. They're not making it. We have Jason and Jenny. And we have Andrea and husband or Emily Valentine. I would love the group's prognosis for each of these couples. Before we get into that, can I just say also, like, the shout-out of the reboot to actually diversifying the cast so it's not all white people. Like, I really appreciated, like, seeing... Although, I, I 100% agree with you, but I my every time my husband sees me watching it and, like, walks by, he's like, where's the Mexican guy? <laughs> and I'm like, you're talking about the over. Of Nano to know, and that guy Jesse is the only thing you have to say about this. <laughs> it's all he wants to know. Where's Jesse? Where's Jesse? So sorry, yeah. I interrupted you, but shout out no, for Shay you. and Jenny. So okay, so yeah. Brian and Brian and Shay, Brian and Shay, um, not uh, making it. You know, they have they have three kids together. I think that would be like really, really sad if like they break up just because she's more successful than him, and they have like three children and built a whole life together. Like they should make it. And she was right that that kid was not his son. But I yeah, and so far she's been right about everything. I don't (laughs) think they would break up because um, she's more successful than him. I think that they would break up because she is not openly communicating with him about, like, I have suspicions and I'm going to hire a private investigator. Yeah, but ultimately she was right about everything, so I, I kind of feel like, like she's scenario, smarter, more successful, yeah. and, like, a bigger badass. Like, he's lucky to have her. I feel like <laughs> she should leave him in this scenario. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, she's the adult in the room taking care of things. Suck it up, Brian. Do you think that's what's actually going on with Camp- Megan Fox, then? I, I don't know. We haven't, I mean, we haven't heard from I Megan Fox in a while. I believe that this is a reality show. Is that okay? <laughs> so, so, you, so in your mind, David Austin Silver is married to Shay. David Austin Green. I mean, sure. he should be so lucky. Is married to Lala um, Anthony. Yeah. That was, okay. All right. Tori and her husband, who Ugh. seems both ungrateful Tough. and put upon. Tough look. Tough look. Is that what her husband's really like? Is he just like a dog? Oh my god, yes. terrible! I feel so. I she must be so pissed at him in real life because <laughs> she makes him look like a turd on the show, and that's pretty much what their life is like in real life. I said they have feel... five kids, not six, and he cheated oh. on her, and I feel like she's getting payback. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, when she did so notorious, she had Lonnie Anderson play the evil version of her mother. That was hilarious. There you go. So <laughs> I think she's like on board with this. Okay, so she's she, just getting she goes a little for bit the, you know, she goes for the jugular. Yeah, I think that she is a true hustler, and like she, like just like in the show, she has to make it happen for her family. And so if she's gonna have to vilify her husband on network cable so they can make money, oh, that's a great. Like, I think she's willing to do it. I think that is a brilliant angle because her husband in real life, I could see him getting on board for that justification. So there you go. Mm-hmm. I have watched the reality. Have you not watched their, any of the reality TV? Because no. I have. No, I have not watched not that. Sure. Mm-hmm. No, I, just, wasn't, I was talking to Katie. Just, oh, it's just Katie. I Tori Spelling mean broke. Just pick up one episode. Oh no it, no no! Yes. I, I did watch it. I did watch it when they were on like the couple's couch, and she's like, "I do things in the bedroom that no woman that has five children should do." And she, I was like, "Is she this yes. good of an actress? Like this doesn't yes. this doesn't map." So this must right, be true. Like, he cheats on her. They've got five kids. Like she had just had her baby or whatever, mm-hmm. and then um, they like go through couples therapy and everything, to, and it's all on her show. Yeah. Damn. Oh, wow. she, I yeah, mean, it's to, really it, 
really so sad. to to just meta that up, what if she had him cheat on her or he didn't at all in order to just make the show more interesting? That's one of the conspiracy theories that they actually planted it because they were so low on money that they planted and it. Rated. Right. Oh. Yeah. Um, and then she's a good actor. So, well, I don't know. Je- <laughs> so Jason Priestley and Jenny have like a thing going. He leaves his publicist that won't, wife. If they get together, that won't end well. Yeah, they're not meant they to be would, together. They would. They are not meant to be together. They would never make it. All right, let us move well. along to our recommendations. So I'm just going to finish my thoughts on Between Two Ferns. There is oh, a God. bit. I just want to say there's a bit with there's two bits that are absolutely hilarious. When Paul when he talks about Paul Rudd hiding his Jewishness, and when he talks about when he messes up Benedict Cumberbatch's name, those were just worth going back to. Even if I found the movie to be a slog, I watched the first episode of Stumptown, starring Corey Smulders, Michael. Oh, Ely, I watched half of the first episode and. and is and that, Jake Johnson. Kobe Smulders. Is that a real name, guys? Is that Kobe a real Smol- name? Yeah, Kobe we have a cousin Kobe. Galit's yes, brother's name is Kobe. Have a cousin Do you think Kobe. the Kobe is the part that I'm questioning? As opposed to Smol- Smulders? Smulders? Oh, no, it sounds very Canadian. She's very Canadian. So here's my thing with the show. I love, like a porn name. I love the main character. It's not Smulders. It's Smulders. Like, like Mulder. Right, no one can do okay. no Shy, what's the thing with the show? This is not okay, Shy. What's your thing with the show? Ugh. Go. I I like the main actors a lot. I like I like Kerr in this show. I like Michael Ely. He's so handsome, and Jake Johnson is <laughs> He's adorable. So handsome. I'm... And so even though this is a sort of by the numbers noir kind of show, I'd like to see like a many episodes of it. I will keep coming back. It's similar to how I feel about The Rookie, which is nothing special, but I just I like Nathan Fillion. I like seeing him solve crimes. Rookie season 2 was just fine. It just restarted. So we got that. I I I went to the live taping of the AEW, the new wrestling, the new wrestling company. And I was supposed to be on Take Two Takedown, and I was gonna be reporting on it. But by the time this posts, I bet, I bet they won't have posted it because not once but twice, John Craig's co-host conspired against me to ensure I was not <gasps> able to be on the show. So there's a little bit That's of drama. A serious accusation. There's a little bit of drama. And oh my God, do you think they can make a reality TV show about our podcasting? I mean, I yeah, about you know that would be kind of a funny reality show. Corman uh, pump. So, so I don't want to I don't want to throw like a wrestling challenge down to him or anything like that. But anyways, I I'll just have to you know do my AEW review on our podcast. Now no, you see, won't. everybody suffers. That is not a thing. So yeah. that's for when you record a solo episode. Yeah. And Lily but and I but are anyways, it was it was a lot of fun. We were almost ringside. Kevin Smith walked by where we were, and oh, that's huge. That's was, worth going. And what I will say about this is that it was the most diverse crowd I've ever been in at an event in Washington D.C. Like other than other than I mean other than Barack more Obama's, diverse than Dan Bryan. Other. <laughs> <laughs> White Jewish folk singers. Yeah, uh, it would like other than Barack Obama's inauguration, I had not seen all of Washington D.C. represented the way it was represented at this wrestling match, and it was a lot of fun. Everyone all together, every possible background you can think of, very very cool. Then last night I saw Yesterday with Ali, the movie about the guy who remembers all the Beatles songs and no one else remembers them. Yeah, if, I really want to see that. How was it? And if you think so, um, so. Bohemian Rhapsody, Rocket Man, Yesterday, Blinded by the Light are all movies that capture a certain artist's soundtrack in them. And each of those movies have varying degrees of the movie being good versus the music being good. This is the one where the movie is not good. And the music <laughs> is the music oh, is no, really I like really Danny That's so sad for Danny Boyle. The movie I like I was I was this was two hours, nothing in it was special. Um, the songs were pretty good, but you're watching some other guy play them, but he's not a, I mean, he's talented, but he, the whole premise of it is that he's not a particularly interesting artist. There's a nice little twist reveal at the end, but honestly, this could have been a short film. And the, the best part of this movie is definitely the Beatles songs because the Beatles songs are amazing. But even then, there are other movies that have had Beatles songs in them and they're, you know, like the Cirque du Soleil was better than this. 
So I, I think this was a pretty um, lame movie. Wow. Yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I like now that I thought about it, like I thought this was a lame movie buoyed by the Beatles songs. There's a couple of really interesting, poignant scenes, but aside from that, it was it, I did not. That is, it is a rent to meh. And Ed Sheeran is in it. Like the supporting actor of the movie is Ed Sheeran. He is. In he, he's the, the most... Emily Valentine of this movie. Is what you're saying? Yeah, like the whole like there's this whole thing about how Ed Sheeran is the best songwriter alive today. Is and, he? Yeah. That's what they could come up with. Yeah. So I mean, and he's not bad in it. He's he doesn't play like a jerk version of himself. So I appreciated that. But again. <laughs> Like the person with the third most screen time after the main character and the love interest is Ed Sheeran. Mm, okay. I think that sums up the movie. Becky, what about you? All right. So I watched Late Night, which uh, I believe is on Prime. It's the one that Mindy Kaling wrote with uh, Emma Thompson about this late night TV host. And it was like a solid render. It's not a great movie, but it was relaxing and entertaining enough to watch at home one evening. Um, truly, though, my absolute Wait, what did you watch part, that on? I think it's Prime. I'm pretty sure I watched Oh, really? Oh, okay, because I don't want to pay to see that movie. But No, no, exactly. And I like I wouldn't pay to see it. It's, you know, something if it's included in a subscription, I'm happy to watch it. Um, it has awesome. some cute jokes. It has some good bits. But it's I feel like it's a Mindy Kaling bit we've seen before of being like, I'm I'm the odd man out. I have to be extra special. And it's cute. It's like, but... Yeah, I feel like I've seen her do this bit a few times, but truly the best part are Emma Thompson's outfits. Incredible. Whoever the stylist was for this movie, it was, that was the most fun. I strongly um, agree. I saw that as my birthday treat movie. I actually took myself to the movie theater by myself to see Late Night, and I strongly agree. Oh, okay. There we go. Thank you. Um, and then another thing I saw was last night I went to a live musical performance i went to a concert which is a rarity for me these days and it was beautiful and super fun we saw the milk carton kids they're like um they're a folk duo kind of a very simon and garfunkel-y type folk duo it was a really beautiful show if they come to wherever you live i really recommend going to check them out um so that and, was and very. You're gonna go see Dan Byrne. You got Dan Byrne tickets. I'm. I got Dan Byrne. I mean, tickets is such a strong word. He's literally playing at a bar like five blocks from my house. That's amazing. Um, yeah, it's like at a small uh, bar. So this, this is a really did, special show. He is on fire right now. We did uh, buy our tickets for that, but it's great because I don't remember the last time I saw a show for like twenty bucks. So that's it'll be really exciting. <laughs> yeah, that's not until November. Yeah. Really. <laughs> Okay. Oh, Lily, you've got to fix whatever's I'm, going on with your phone, Lily. I'm, I, I'm in the car and no, because I'm melting. No, but I had to turn the car on. Well, you got to take well, it. You got to take it off Bluetooth or something. It sounds like sounds like you have mom's Just phone. Relax. Can you guys relax? Fun. Yeah. Get it under control. I. While Becky was on talking, I turned the car on. Do you not know how to use into a puddle? Don't know the mute. On mute uh-huh. And I took it it took it off mute because it got onto the Bluetooth. But I very quickly was able to turn it back onto the AirPods. So chill out. Mm-hmm. The two of you. Jesus. We have high standards here. Yeah, well I got it together really quick. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Spy. Started watching it. It's very intense and very good. Wait, the it's movie with Melissa McCarthy? Did you watch that with mom when she vomits on the dog? Is maybe the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. I no, this is the Sasha Baron Cohen one. But I watched that movie with mom, and it was one of the greatest experiences of my life. When she kills the guy and then throws him. Yeah. That's <laughs> great. Mom was, mom was dying. It was amazing um, watching that movie with mom. And so... Um, I watched Spy, the Sasha Baron Cohen. Uh, he executive produced it, uh, directed by Gideon Raff, who did Homeland. I think it's Raff. Is his last name or Graf? Uh, the, Ellie, uh, the Ellie Cohen movie. Yes. The movie Is it a movie or a TV series? It's a, it's a TV show. It's a TV series. I don't know if there's more than one season, if it's like a mini series type thing. Because I'm not sure that well, there can be. I'll much tell you this: when they get story. to the end of that story, there's not going to be a sequel. It's a very sad story. Right. It's a very sad story. But at the beginning of the show, they pretty much tell you the ending, so um, you're kind of like going into it knowing. He dies. But it's yeah, mm-hmm. but it's fascinating, and he it's it's very it's very well done. His acting is great. Dad couldn't stop saying like he's so tall and he's a really good actor. 
It's like, yeah, he's incredible. And possible like, at the same time. Yeah. Yes. Not I, typically I, go hand in hand being tall and a good actor, I suppose. Which is like, he's very, very tall. Um, and so he's, he's excellent in it. And um, uh, the guy that played the FBI agent um, on Americans at, and Einrich, or whatever his last name is, um, they're like, he's in Beautiful Girls as one of the friends. You've seen him in like a ton of movies. I don't you watch just the don't. Americans. Anyways, sure. Anyways, he's been, yeah, he's been in a ton of movies. He's great, uh, too, and he's in it. Anyways, I recommend that. And I saw the tall, I saw Tall Girl because I'm determined to see all the schlocky romantic comedies on Netflix, humanly possible. Um, but that one wasn't that bad. Um, that was actually pretty good. And maybe one day it'll like teach a lesson to like your kids shy about like, going through struggles in high school or something I just these movies make me wonder does the, the next generation have no good teenage comedies to watch well, and that makes me very on, sad on Schooled this week or last week on the first episode of Schooled of the season which I thought was actually really funny I thought Schooled was was a great That's return great. for that show they had a whole bit about going to see American Pie and, and, well, and the kids asked me, what's American Pie? And I'm like, it's a movie about teenagers that you cannot see until you are a teenager. <laughs> but like, they're so, just going to end up watching our teen movies. I, like, I wonder some. Have? I wonder, and it's controversial, we can dive into it on another episode, is the reason there are no more good teen movies being made, is it because everything is, has to be so... Um, PC? Not, yeah, and like movies like Can't Hardly Wait... Like we're not ridiculous. Sixteen candles. Well, I mean, I mean that that's like a whole different era of horrible things. Issues but, and racism. Yeah, but still, but still, yeah. I feel privileged that those were not rules yet. I guess that's a terrible thing to say. Book Smart is a great movie and it's wonderful, but it's a bit too smart to be in the pantheon of breakfast club and i'll, um, I'll say before you know, i said it again book smart is good for two acts and in the third act it just like completely falls apart also they, they make a really big deal that they don't want people calling it the girl version of super bad but then i rewatch super bad and it's like the it's like literally the opening scene is like the same opening bit with, with the, the sibling of the main it, character right so i'm like yeah sure it's a different movie but it's it's very close in line. And, and I, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Either. I don't. I agree. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's like an updated, smarter version. One of the funny. One of the funniest version. One of the funniest jokes in Between Two Ferns is when I forget who he asks uh, about. Um, oh, he talks to Aquafina about being in Ocean's Eight, and he says, "I really want them to do a male reboot of Ocean's Eight." <laughs> <laughs> and she says, "That's a great. Um, it already exists. They already did that first. And and then he said, what, you're going to tell me next there's a male version of Ghostbusters? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, okay, all right. Those are I understand what you're saying. Uh, and what else did you watch, Lil? Or do you have other recs? Uh, just Grays is back. Katie, I don't know if you're down with that, but we've got a Cousins. Oh, this is a great quick thing. We have a Cousins chat of all our girl cousins that watch Grays. And it's amazing. It like, keeps us connected. But we do mostly just talk about the show in the chat. Like, we go seriously deep into There's like no puppy pictures on wearing. No, no, no. We no, don't take pictures of kids and dogs or anything like that. Or do- none of that shit. Like we are serious about this. It's just the show. Ellen Pompeo. And right, and people are um, every once in a while. There's like a gif or something. And Becky, we're talking about a storyline where a girl doesn't know she's pregnant, and we start getting into that, and they're like, "Oh, it's been done so many times." And somebody, one of my cousins, mentions the reality show. And Becky's like, there's a show about that? And my other guy's like, yeah, like at least on two separate networks, there was a show about a Shows about pregnant. people who don't know they're shows. pregnant. And Becky's you know like, found her I believe up. at least one is on TLC. I do not consume. Again, too sad. Too sad. Too sad. Gotcha. Gotcha. Like so, Grace is bad. Um, it's not something I recommend to anyone unless you want to start at season one. Okay? There's 15 seasons it. of this show. I just want people to know yeah. that. 16. We're in 16 that, now. That. And I feel like Allie got in on it. Like, I remember being at the but, shore at our cousin Shelly and Mindy's house, and Allie was there. We were all there or something, and Becky and I and Mindy and Shelly were talking about Grace. It was somewhere maybe around season eight, nine, and Allie was like, I 
oh, I don't really watch it. And we were like, pre pressuring her. And she started from the beginning and caught up. No, but and Allie, she, no, she watches it. It we, stresses me out. She watches it completely out of order. There's no system to the way she watches. No, I'm like, what are you no, watching? Oh, I'm watching an old it. one. Oh, I'm watching the current season. It's too I, That's too okay, stressful. Okay, Shelly does that too. But I think we caught Allie up. And from there she started. She's been a loyal, like, After the Denny years, I dropped off. Oh. So, like, season yeah. two? I, two or three because then there was also like that that friction with um like there was a lot of friction behind the scenes and remember like Catherine Heigl like removed her name from like a best actor category she was she nominated didn't... for an Emmy and right she didn't feel the writing warranted her. and I was like too much too much I'm out and she got Catherine, like kicked out of television um and then we've been watching a show called Victim Number Eight which I don't know if you guys get in North America. On Netflix, and it's another Dad Spanish like, murder show. It's a Spanish murder show, and Dad was like, "I really want you to watch." How is like so, Dad? Guys, he's like, "Let's watch a show together." It's in Bilbao. Bilbao was on the show. He's oh, that's like, where you and Jose met, right? From... Or that's where you and Jose rekindled uh, your romance. Yeah, near there, about an hour from there. Like, he was there. And he's like, "I knew you'd want to see it because Bilbao is in it." And he's, "I'm like, you're so cute." The funniest part is that we're watching it. It's only eight episodes. It's okay. Mom was like, "This show is shit." I was like, "Lady, do you know what you watch?" She's yeah. like, well, "This is no NCIS." Mom's NCIS. like, "Put back NCIS, St. Louis, ASAP." <laughs> I need some Mark Harmon. But like, I will this say, is no NCIS Potomac. My mother-in-law got very excited also about NCIS. She said, "Do you know that there is an Israeli character?" On yeah, NCIS. Ziva, or Shiva or something. Ziva, and they thought she was dead. Ziva, and she's back. Close. So there's okay. a spoiler. All right, Katie, what have you been watching? What do you recommend? So um, I'm going to recommend three documentaries, as Shai said, recommend, uh, recognizing that they are the books of movies. <laughs> but there are three yeah. documentaries that I would recommend. Um, one that is called Hello, Privilege. It's me, Chelsea. Um, and Chelsea Handler made a documentary about white privilege. And I wasn't really, um, I didn't have a lot of high hopes going into it. And I actually found it pretty thoughtful. So um, I'll I'll recommend that. Um, That's on Netflix. Uh, I will also recommend The Echo in Laurel Canyon. And that is a music documentary about um, groups in the 60s. So like the Mamas and the Papas, the Beach Boys, the Birds, and basically how that has influenced music today. And like Jacob Dylan is actually the executive producer and interviewer on it. And then he has like Nora Jones and Fiona Apple. And they're also in it talking about like the influence of this music on their music today which I thought was really interesting that that, that is under the category of documentary the, I would watch because it's about music sure but those three people that you named do they have music today it was so funny it? as my husband and I were watching we're like hey Fiona Apple where's she been right <laughs> she was also name checked on the on Nora school on the first episode of Schooled of the season. And then the last one um, I will recommend, um, again, it's it's on Netflix, so um, it's solid rent, is uh, Kathy Griffin has a new documentary out um, about basically uh, free speech and the First Amendment and everything that she's been going through in the recent years, which, um, again, like I just found interesting. So those would be my, my top three. Cool. And, and and you have no social media, right? Like you don't want anyone to follow you. I have zero social media. All right. So, so if, if you, you want... want me, contact shy. <laughs> <laughs> Becky, where can people follow you? At paper BK Princess on Twitter. And Lily, where can people follow you? GGK Gomez. And on Twitter. Uh, on Twitter. <laughs> and you can follow me at Pancake and the number four table on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow all of the Friday Night Movie shenanigans at Friday Night Movie on Twitter and Instagram and FridayNightMoviePod.com. Uh, uh, Becky's super interested. She just yawned over my <laughs> announcing of our, our call. No, I just so. realized I should probably check my Twitter like once in a while. Um, and and then last but not least, before I, I we go out on our music, uh, just a, on another musical note, the Beanstalk Library. Former guest of our show, Ryan Walker, and his amazing band, who of which my sisters now have Beanstalk Library t-shirts that have been made, made their way to mm-hmm. you guys. 
Ryan and the band are going to be playing at Hill Country Barbecue on October 17th in Washington, D.C., which is not only a great concert venue, but a terrific barbecue place where you get to like weigh your meat before you eat it. Like they, you, you just act for meat by the pound. Anyways, they're playing a big mm. show there. I will be there. I encourage other people who are local to go and check out that show. They are a terrific band with amazing songs. I know Lily has them like on her playlist all the time. I love them. Love them. And, uh, yeah, so I feel pretty privileged that I get to go see, like, one of my recent most favorite bands on a regular basis. So that's pretty cool. And then, uh, speaking of bands, What Does It Eat will take us out on the theme music, and we will dance our way into the evening. And uh, thank you, guys. Love you. Bye. 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 Bye.